Michael. Welcome to episode two of 321 No Kidding Podcast. So today we are going to go over the 20 questions that us compulsive gamblers in the program use as kind of a way of identifying if we're a compulsive gambler or a normal gambler. Depending on which, which group you go to, you may get asked this to answer out loud. You may get told to answer it in your head and the group will answer it out loud. Either way, it's it's an interesting exercise and I'm going to go through and I'm going to answer the 20 questions as they relate to me. But before I get into that, I, shame on me, I should have mentioned this in the first episode, but the music at the beginning at the and the end of the podcast, I just, I need to give a big, huge shout out to Blue October. Um, it's a band that I never heard of before recovery. There's another new thing, right? So one of my friend's had introduced me to the music and I've I've really grown to love it and as I started working on the podcast I was trying to figure out how the heck do I license this music how do I you know how do I get access to it because I didn't want to break the rules so they were coming to town and after a whole lot of online writing and research and and to no avail I end up buying a ticket to the show and then a meet and greet ticket. And then I made a little USB cord, you know, asking them, can I have the music? Da, 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 da. Well, it turns out I ask out loud in front of a group of people, can I use your song? And they agreed. They're amazing. So please, please check out Blue Act. Two more things before I get into the 20 questions. Hopefully you did your homework and identified some things in your everyday life that you wouldn't have considered gambling but are are thinking about it a little different. And I also want to mention for those of you who participate in the anonymous programs, I'm not introducing myself as Bobby the compulsive gambler very deliberately, right? Because there's so much more to me than just my gambling identity. Although that's what you're going to hear a lot about here. So I'm Bobby the Awesome, right? And I have a lot more attributes and and parts that make me whole than just my gambling identity. But for the sake of, of the exercise of thinking about what does a compulsive gambler look like, I'm Bobby, a compulsive gambler, who is going to answer the 20 questions. Question one, did you ever lose time from work or school due to gambling? Absolutely. I snuck out early so many times to go or I just wasn't present, right? I'm at my job and I'm thinking about getting to the casino or planning the next bet. There was actually a point in my life where we would do our job. There was there was once a month we had to work overnight and we looked forward to that because it meant we get to get in the car and go to bingo during the day because we had a, a business day off where we can, you know, go gamble. So that's an absolute yes. Number two, has gambling ever made your home life unhappy? I think the best way to answer that is you should ask my ex-husband. I think he would tell you that it made our home life very unhappy. Number three, did gambling affect your reputation? This one is interesting to me because gambling was part of my identity. If you asked 
my mother or or family members work people even now you know in the last year I'd I'd went and visited a store and and someone I used to work with you know years ago she's like hey when's the last time you've been to the casino and I'm like I don't gamble anymore and uh you know so it was attached to me which I guess should have told me something a long time ago number four have you ever felt remorse after gambling again big yes right Absolutely. In hindsight, I don't know if I felt remorse for losing the money or if I felt remorse for screwing, you know, up the the finances, especially when I was married, or if it was just kind of feeling bad because I didn't walk out, you know, a winner. But gosh, no, I was going to go back and try to get it back. So I feel like I might need to put a little disclaimer in. If you hear me kind of laughing at these questions or my answers to these questions, I'm laughing at how absolutely absurd it is, how how nonsensical and insane my responses and my behaviors are associated with these 20 questions. So just want to be clear on that. So number five, did I ever gamble to get money with which to pay debts or otherwise solve financial difficulties? Absolutely, right? I had to go gamble to win back the bill money or whatever else I blew off when I gambled the first time or the time before that. So that's a yes. Six, did gambling cause a decrease in your ambition or efficiency? Well, this one is another yes. And the the best example to explain this one and how it relates to me is I used to be a truck driver with with my ex-husband and he would wake up on the side of the road in the truck, of course, but I would be in the casino and he'd have to come find me. You know, he never if we were in a strange place, he didn't know where I was. If, if we were somewhere that I've gambled before, chances were he knew right where to go. But I would be in there for hours. He'd come and find me. Sometimes I can convince him to stay with me. Other times I couldn't. And this question asks about efficiency. So we owned our own truck. And at the time, fuel was very high. It was 3 or $4 a gallon. And because I spent all those hours in the casino gambling when I should have been driving the product across country, he used to have to make up for it. So the really sad part of the story is I would yell at him for speeding because he was using you know, pennies more of fuel after I went and dropped some large, significant, horrible amount of money, you know, before. And and I should have been driving, but I was too tired to be driving. So there was a whole lot of things wrong with that. So the easy answer is yes, it decreased my efficiency for sure. Number seven, after losing, did you feel you must return as soon as possible and win back your losses? Well, yeah, of course I did. Here's the deal, though. As a compulsive gambler, even if you win, chances are you're not leaving at the right time once you've recouped the money. That's what's scary. It's not about winning or losing. It's not about the money. And you're going to hear me say that a lot. It's totally not about the money. I could win as much money as I was in debt in when I was in the throes of it. 
and it wouldn't matter. I wouldn't walk out or I wouldn't use the money responsibly if I did walk out. I would maybe pay the bills, but always be leaving a little cushion of money besides, you know, so instead of paying off all the bills, I always left myself some hidden gambling money. I digress. So number eight, after a win, did you have a strong urge to return and win more? Well, absolutely, right? Because now I'm on a roll, so I have to go back because I did that good the day before. I got to go back and do it again. So the answer is yes. The result is not the way I just described it. Number 10, did you ever borrow to finance your gambling? So I would have said no to this without some education from my peers. I didn't consider taking my 401k money out to pay my bills, borrowing to finance gambling, because I was paying the bills, right? The fact that I spent the money, the bill money, gambling didn't resonate. So I absolutely borrowed money to finance my gambling. In the heat of the moment, I would do it with whoever was with me if I ran out of money. So the answer is a solid yes. Number 11, have you ever sold anything to finance gambling? When I first heard this question, I was picturing tangible things. You know, did I sell a painting or, you know, my CDs, whatever, those kinds of things. But selling, like cashing out my pension and my 401k, I didn't consider those selling things because they weren't tangible things. Number 12, were you reluctant to use gambling money for your normal expenditures? I touched on that a little earlier. Absolutely. There was always money to gamble. Again, air quotes with my always. And not always money to pay the bills. So that's a yes. Number 13, did gambling make you careless of the welfare of yourself or your family? So... Here's an example of my yes. It's four o'clock in the morning. It's snowing. We've been up 24, 28 hours, and we're driving home from the casino with family members in the car. So I think that's yes. I wouldn't be in those conditions any other way. I would never do that if I wasn't coming or going to a casino. Number 14, did you ever gamble longer than you had planned? Well, that speaks to the ride home at four in the morning. I always gambled longer than I planned. I even planned to gamble longer. Number 15, have you ever gambled to escape worry, trouble, boredom, or loneliness? When you're gambling, you don't have to think about anything. Sometimes you have to think about the gambling itself, you know, if you're playing cards or whatever, but... You don't, you don't have to think about whatever's bothering you. That's the escape. That's part of the novelty of it. Number 16, have you ever committed or considered committing an illegal act to finance gambling? This is another one of those questions where when I first started going to GA in 2013, I would have answered no, but upon learning a little more, It transitioned into a yes. So when you think about writing a check, even though you have no money in your account, and post-dating it, 
to float the money, that's an illegal act. So it's not what you think in the stereotypical, you know, maybe break into somebody's house or, you know, robbery or, or embezzlement or any of those things, but it's still illegal to float a check. It's still stealing and illegal when you take the household money from your husband who doesn't know that you're pissing it all the way up at the racino. So absolutely, yes. Number 17, did gambling cause you to have difficulty in sleeping? So I don't know if this is the gambling did it or the loss or the guilt or the feelings that are associated with it, but this is a yes. But I can remember so many nights being so exhausted because, again, up until crack of dawn after being at a casino all night, but I'd try to close my eyes and all I could see was the games of the slot machines I'd play. I would try to close my eyes and I could picture them spinning like the reels on a freaking slot machine. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I'm so glad I don't have to feel that anymore. Number 18, do arguments, disappointments, or frustrations create within you an urge to gamble? So did I use gambling as a coping mechanism? Absolutely. That is part of what I've learned the last few years is how to handle those frustrations and arguments. And that's part of the foundation of what I want to share is what's a better way? You know, is it going for a walk instead of driving to the casino? Is it calling a friend instead of going to a poker party? Whatever that looks like. Number 19, did you ever have an urge to celebrate any good fortune by a few hours of gambling? The answer is yes, but really what it comes down to is I wanted to gamble 24-7. I wanted to gamble if I was celebrating, if I was sad, if I was happy, if I was mad, if I was whatever you can think of was a reason to gamble. And finally, question 20. Have you ever considered self-destruction or suicide as a result of your gambling? So... I don't remember being suicidal, but I remember having a plan. And the and the, the problem was, luckily, I would feel too guilty about people having to clean up like my financial mess. So I would, probably would have never put my plan in play. But I used to think because I was a professional driver, you know, I'd be so smart and I could figure out how to have a car accident and die so that the insurance money could go, but still there's a whole bunch of paperwork and all that. So either I was too afraid. Um, I like to think that it was, I'm not that selfish. You know, I dealt with a suicide when I was younger and it sucks for the people who are left behind. It sucks on a huge level. And I, I don't know if that's a yes because the question asks if you've considered it. So I, I can tell you that I definitely am not suicidal and never have been suicidal in any other fashion. Gambling was the only time it ever got me thinking that way. And as as we get some more experts in here, I've heard everything from, you know, five to eight 
times the amount of suicides in addiction are from gambling than any other addiction. So I am prone to think it's even higher because we don't know what we don't know, right? Again, the point of, of this is about awareness and about letting people know that that stuff's happening. So those are the 20 questions. According to the literature, most compulsive gamblers will answer yes to at least seven of these questions. So I almost scored a perfect 20. Again, not a proud laugh or sentiment, but maybe I can't even say embarrassed because I'm not embarrassed anymore. It just, it's so refreshing to not be in that place. And I think that's probably why the questions get read so often in the rooms. So I haven't read these out loud in a while, actually. So this was a great exercise and a good reminder. And it comes out of this yellow, it's called the combo book in the GA literature. And I don't know, there's probably going to be some people from GA that yell at me for air quotes promoting this. It's really hard to kind of do that with a podcast, the air quotes, but um, you know, all anonymous programs have kind of a baseline of it's about attraction, not promotion. So again, the, it might be perceived that I'm breaking some rules here, but one of the things that I heard on Paul's podcast, and Paul's going to be in the next episode, but he talks about the anonymity and and the shame surrounding addiction and you know how what a struggle it is for him you know he's a traveler so he's struggled to find meetings he's like they're that anonymous you can't find them so I think it's important if it if it wasn't so on the DL maybe more people would be getting help maybe that suicide number would be less I, I don't know the answer to that but I'd like to think that sharing GAs, you know, giving some exposure to GA. Now, I'm not trying to make the podcast into a, a virtual GA meeting by any means. And and like I said, GA works for some. Some people, it's not their preference, and that's okay. Um, but it's important to me. It's been an important part of my recovery. I believe in the steps. So we are gonna we are gonna talk about some GA stuff, and and that's okay. It's not about telling you to do it my way. It's about me sharing some of the things that have made a difference in my life. So I hope that these this exercise of the 20 questions was enlightening. You know, I'm sure that there's people, like I know that there's people in my circle that are going to listen to this that have absolutely nothing to do with, with gambling and they're just listening out of support for me. But if if they can hear these questions and and marry that with the ideas of the homework from the first episode and start really thinking about it. Maybe there are people in our lives that we don't even know are suffering. We may not know. I feel like I kind of know more often than not, and and some of my my comrades would probably say the same thing, that we kind of can tell, um, not that it's our choice to decide for people, but we can see behaviors and attitudes and words in other people that remind us of ourselves in in what we call action or when we were 
you know, really struggling with the addiction. So again, not a, not from a place of judgment, but going back to a place of awareness, I just think that it's important. And I hope that you got some value from hearing what, what we have to answer, what, what we need to look in the mirror and decide. And, and I hope that if you have done the 20 questions before and you're familiar with them, maybe you learned something about how to perceive the question differently or how it relates to you. Not that it matters, not that, you know, we're going for top score, but I don't believe I can fix things that are broken with me or change things that are broken with me or move forward unless I know the truth, the truth to the best of my knowledge, based on what people tell me, based on what I see and and am learning. So I hope that if you're someone out there listening and you've been wondering, you know, am I a compulsive gambler? Do I have a gambling problem? Or is my gambling more excessive than it should be? I hope that these questions help you decide for yourself. I'm sure the parents out there would understand that you can't teach your child or another person just by telling them, even if you've had the same experience. I just hope that people will, if you're in this position, that it doesn't cost you your marriage or your family or your retirement. I hope that you can learn from some of my mistakes or some of the mistakes that you'll hear on the show from some of our other guests. I wish the best for everyone. I, I'm grateful for my journey because it brought me to this point and, and hopefully puts me in a position to help some people So before it does get that bad. I'm just the messenger, though. It's, it's your decision and it's your perception of how you answer these questions. I didn't plan on giving homework two shows in a row, but I think I will ask those of you who are, are wondering, you know, do I have a gambling problem, to take a look at those 20 questions and, and answer them for yourself. The GA literature also states that this disease will bring you to either insanity jail or death unfortunately I've seen that happen all three of those things happen and if we can prevent that happening to anyone else that's a victory you'll have an opportunity in future episodes to hear from some of the folks that have either ended up in the mental hospital or jail due to their gambling who I can't have on these episodes are the people who took their lives because of this disease. The idea is to prevent that for anyone else in the future and let people know that there is help out there. Before I bring this episode to an end with the positive quote for today, I would like to ask you for your help. And if you're enjoying the podcast so far, please click subscribe. That'll help me get it out in the public to more people. Everybody putting up with my lack of editing skills. This is still a work in progress mastering the technology. So I expect these first couple episodes are going to be pretty rough. But thank you for your patience with that. So today's quote is unknown. And as the challenge of looking at ourselves through these questions or, or thinking about it, I thought this tied in pretty well. So unknown author, be gentle with yourself. You're doing the best you can. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll tune in to the next episode where we have Mr. Paul Churchill coming up. It'll be a great interview. I will apologize in advance. There are a gazillion um, 
I feel like my podcasting efforts are about the same as my recovery. It's not perfect. I'm learning something new every day. And I'm just grateful that I'm out here fighting the fight. Have a great rest of the day, beautiful people. I hope you get what you wish for.